Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be continuing our series that we started a month or two ago of reimagining various Walt Disney theme parks. So we started with the Magic Kingdom, and the whole idea is if we could start Fresh Slate, Money's No Object, Spatial Reasoning is No Object how would we rebuild and what would we include in a Disney theme park? So we started with the Magic Kingdom. Today, we're going to be continuing that series and we're going to be covering Hollywood Studios. So kind of completely, I think this is going to be good because I think Hollywood Studios has a lot of room for improvement. Well, yeah, I was going to say Hollywood Studios is pretty much a blank slate. Yes, (laughs) kind of is. So, But before we get into that, we will cover uh, the Disney news of the week. As we get closer and closer to the 50th anniversary Disney is announcing more and more projects that are going to be ready. So the new Creation Shop, which is the new uh, merch shop at Epcot, and the new Club Cool, that's all going to be reopening September 15th. So that will be open um, this week here and Ooh-oh. actually uh, you know, a few weeks before October 1st. So the whole middle of Epcot you know, is going through this major transformation. It is still very much a construction zone. But the, the merch, the creation shop, Club Cool, so that little section will be open. You'll at least be able to go into that building. They shared the, the Mickey mural, which is kind of an interesting take uh, on Mickey. Um, and so, that, so it'll be interesting. It'll be good that there's a, another shop, a little bit more of Epcot is opening up here for the 50th. It'll help with the crowds as well. Okay, so my question is, because I forget, sometimes we talk about these things and I don't remember. I remember the creation shop, but what was Club Cool again? Is this part of the same thing? No, or? so Club Cool is the like Coca-Cola experience where you can try all the different flavors of soda throughout the world Uh, and you have beverly the the infamous beverly which is the kind of gross tasting flavor that you trick your friends into drinking you mean adam goldberg's mom yes yeah (laughs) beverly gold that's an abc show it's a good tie in there yeah it's (laughs) it's the one that that people uh find somewhat disgusting and so you know, there's a lot of videos of people tricking people into drinking Beverly. So you'll be able to get your Beverly again uh, at Epcot. But yeah, it's Smoopy. Yeah. <laughs> at least have a Smoopy one. Uh, but yeah, so this will be good. Again, the middle part of Epcot being completely uh, closed with construction walls makes it a little bit difficult to navigate and it makes the crowd control a little bit difficult because everybody has to kind of walk in like a, a massive circle to get anywhere in Epcot. So it'll be nice that a little bit more you have of to that... circumnavigate the globe yeah. to get anywhere. Exactly. Oh, that's actually appropriate. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so it'll be nice that a little bit more is opening up here. So the pictures they've shown and the concept art of the creation shop, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of like trendy. They're going to have different murals and artwork in there. So it looks like it'll be an interesting place to go buy all the 50th anniversary merchandise um, that you can get. Cause <laughs> I've been saving. I mean, I, every everything I see, it's like I want it, and I'm just I'm so worried about how much I'm going to spend. I see it, I like it, I want it, I got I know, it. I'm That's usually, what it's going to be when we get there. I'm usually not a huge merch person. You you definitely do buy a lot more merch, but I mean, I'm seeing the t-shirts and like the tumblers they have, and I'm just like I'm going to be buying all this stuff. I I know I'm going to be buying it all. I'm going to get sucked into the it's a it's the fiftieth. It's a limited time. I'm going to need it. So, um, yeah, I I'm worried. I'm worried too because sometimes I'll be like, I'll probably be like, "Are you sure you need that?" And you'll then you'll probably be like, "No, I probably don't." And then you'll get mad at me, you know. But the fiftieth you need, so that's the thing, because it's gonna <laughs> say fiftieth on it, and so you're gonna know, I gotta get it now because it may not be, it may not be here next time I come, you know. In it's a true. year, it may not be here, so I definitely need to get it now. So 
the other news over at Walt Disney World is that Expedition Everest is going to be closed for an extended refurbishment. And it's going to be closed from January 4th of 2022 through mid-April. Now, I was very surprised by this because this is three months into the 50th that they're closing a major attraction at Animal Kingdom. I think Animal Kingdom is really going to be hurt by this, by having a major attraction yeah. down. They don't have a ton of attractions as it is. You know, the Finding Nemo show is still closed. I don't know if that's coming back, but there's really not a lot else to do uh, over at, at Animal Kingdom. Um, but this is interesting that this is going to be closed. It's a pretty long closure, you know, almost three to four months because um, they said mid-April. They didn't give a hard date, so that could get pushed and, and kind of, you know, might be April 20th. It might be, you know, April 5th. Who knows? Could even get pushed back a little bit until May. I want to say that Disney maybe has something up their sleeve for the 50th and they're going to fix the Yeti as part of this. <laughs> I don't really think that's going to happen. I don't know that three months is enough time to actually fix the Yeti, but wouldn't that be a great surprise? Because it's like, why would you it close would a, a major attraction, a fan favorite attraction right at the start of the 50th anniversary when you have nothing new opening at Animal Kingdom to take its place unless it opens up in May and you have the Yeti and everybody's like, I have to go to Animal Kingdom now. The Yeti works, and it is this huge uh, celebration moment. Because they said they have a lot of stuff on the 50th that they have not announced yet. And you know, we're starting the 50th. We really haven't gotten a, a ton of new announcements. And so I think they're going to be spreading out you know, surprises throughout the next 18 months. But this will be one heck of a surprise if the Yeti works. I think this would be really great. Um, I think that you and I might be a little disappointed because we're supposed to go right in April. So I guess if they are on time. Well, no, they said mid-April. Yeah, so we're going. Think, yeah, we're, we're going a little mid-early. Yeah, April. we're planning to go for the spring surprise race, which is right at the beginning of April. So I think it'll probably be closed by then. Yeah, so it'll probably open up right after we leave. That's our luck, always. <laughs> it always happens to us. But my guess is something is breaking down, and they realize they can't put it off any further. Yeah, I mean, I I really do think again, I'm I'm hopeful, and I think the fan in me wants to see the Yeti fixed. But you know, this roller coaster is probably 15 plus years old at this point, and it's never really been down for an extended period of time for maintenance. And so, I mean, these type of attractions just need regular maintenance. I mean, over at Universal Studios, they completely tore down and rebuilt the Incredible Hulk roller coaster a few years ago oh, yeah. just because it was so worn down and being in Florida, like these things break. So I do think it's probably some sort of like standard maintenance. But again, three months is a long time. That may be enough time to fix a Yeti or maybe do something different with it. Maybe not completely fix it, but maybe change part of it out or you know add some additional functionality to the animatronic because they've made so many advancements right. in audio animatronics that you know maybe they can make the arm move a little bit without making the entire yeti move and causing a potential structural issue in it and so so maybe there's something they can do in that amount of time so again the fan of me would love to see that because again closing it right in the middle of the 50th just to say oh we just had to do some mechanical stuff and nothing's different um, I think that's probably what it is, but it would be really exciting if it opened up and it's like, hey, we got something new in here that you got to see. Hmm. Maybe it's not exactly what you're thinking of, but it's it's something. And I, I think that would be exciting. So mid-April, I'll be excited to see what happens. Yeah, me too. I, I think that, I think though, it's, it's not going to be that much. But maybe we'll have somebody like the... Um, Maybe we'll have an Imagineer that kind of was like the guy who fixed the hat box ghost that we learned about 
um, watching. That's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah, they maybe, figured out a way maybe how to Maybe an fix Imagineer it. figured it out, and so they're going to take it down and really revamp it. Maybe make it a little smoother, too, for all of us old people who now can't handle that ride very well anymore. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, as it gets older, you know, it gets rougher. And again, that's why they had to tear down the Incredible Hulk. They, yeah. you, know, you, you almost have to restart uh, from scratch sometimes with some of these attractions. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right. And the last piece of Disney news for the week, we got some additional casting for the upcoming Haunted Mansion movie. Um, so it was already announced that it would star Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish. Uh, and just this week, it was announced that Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson would be joining the cast of the movie. And I believe this is going to start filming in October. I will say I'm very excited uh, about this casting. Um, not only because you know Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson are you know big names; they've been in a lot of uh, Disney and Marvel movies in the past. But what I'm most excited about is that they have four big name stars attached to this movie. So you know, last week we talked about the Jungle Cruise versus Pirates of the Caribbean, and and one of the issues with the Jungle Cruise I had was is it focused too much on two or three characters, and and you didn't have other kind of ensemble characters to change the storyline back and forth to. And so it got boring when you're just watching the same people, you know, go down the jungle, whereas Pirates of the Caribbean, you're able to kind of bounce around more. So it seems like with Haunted Mansion, they're going for much more of an ensemble cast with right. the four of them and you know, maybe a couple other people round out that ensemble. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that allows us to kind of get, you know, two storylines. I mean, with the Haunted Mansion, you're going to, probably have a family moving into a haunted mansion and then you're going to have the story of the ghosts who inhabit the haunted mansion so i could see two storylines there where you know maybe um lakeith stanfield and, and tiffany haddish are the couple moving into the haunted mansion and owen wilson and rosario dawson are the ghosts and we'll learn a little bit more about their backstory and i think having those two perspectives and competing stories will help the movie move along and kind of keep it more fresh and interesting. Whereas I think that was one of the pitfalls of the jungle crew. So I'm, I'm really excited about the potential of this movie. And I think the additional casting shows again, they're trying to build out an ensemble cast and not just have it be focused on one or two stars. I'm concerned that they are getting so many stars that you run into the issue that you get in some movies where they try to spread it. They spread the storyline a little bit because they're trying to, give each character enough time but then they don't develop the story enough so uh, i'm cautiously optimistic about it i think with four stars that's not as much a concern if they had 10 people named in this <laughs> uh yeah maybe but i think four i think is enough again you could have two groups of two two storylines i think could make it interesting again kind of a history of the ghosts that are in the Haunted Mansion and then current day of the family who's in there dealing with it, I think is good. To your point, yeah, if they had 30 people in this movie, it would be too much. We don't need to know about all 999 haunts, but if we know about two of them, it's probably good. But seriously, what if they made it about all 999? You know, part of me would think that that would be good. If they did it as like a Disney Plus series where each episode was about... Like the Twilight Zone, but like... Yeah, kind of like an anthology. Just, oh my gosh, Each one's about one or two. I think that would be great. Don't yeah. make it a movie. Yeah, just make it a series on Disney+. Plus. That's all you need. That would be really cool. See, there you go. We solved the whole thing. <laughs> all right, so let's jump We're into... We're so smart. We should be at Imagineers. Seriously. <laughs> we should. We really should. Hire Disney us. call us. I'll quit. I'll get yeah, my I'll job. I'll go. I'll be an Imagineer. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll quit my job. Jumping into our main topic this week, reimagineering. We're tackling Hollywood studios. Speaking this of week. us imagineering, yeah, things. here we go. This is our. This uh, is this is audition. our resume. Yeah, it's our audition. I here. say resume, resume. 
That's a new way of saying resume. You imagineered resume. I so. did. I imagineered the word. I'm like Shakespeare over here. All right. Big shoes to fill there, but all right. So, so actually, he wore a size four men's. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. All right, let's get this back on track here. All right, so Hollywood Studios, and I was excited when I kind of started thinking about this because I feel like Hollywood Studios has the most potential for improvement for two reasons. One, it is a very odd layout. It doesn't follow the traditional spoken wheel park layout. And two, it is just like an insane hodgepodge of stuff that no longer really means anything I, anymore. I feel like it's like the spaghetti at the wall park. They yes. just whatever is stuck is is what is still in the park. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So so I, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity here. So again, we're kind of going back to the beginning. We're not locked into the current layout or any of the current rides, though I think we'll still keep some of the current attractions but we're not stuck into the current layout or even like space and size restrictions again. And money's no object here. So some of this stuff might get uh, pretty crazy. I think when we did magic kingdom, I mean, we were throwing everything in there <laughs> to build that park today. would be like $30 billion, <laughs> um, but it would be a great park. That's all I got to say. Oh, so, it would be. so hopefully we can improve Hollywood studios here. So to start with, obviously the layout, I think is probably one of the major issues, maybe the biggest issue with Hollywood Studios, especially now, you kind of have Galaxy's Edge at the back and Toy Story Land, which I think is good. But to get there and to get to the end of the park, there, there's no central hub. And so if you want to go from Tower of Terror to Galaxy's Edge, they're completely opposite from each other. There's not like a, a direct path to any of them. And so I think the biggest issue with the park is that it is not the traditional a hub and spoke layout like you have at the Magic Kingdom or even Animal Kingdom with the Tree of Life being the center. And even Epcot, where it doesn't necessarily follow that model, it's basically two circles. Right. And so it's a it's a much more streamlined layout. So I think you change Hollywood Studios, you kind of have a central hub and you have the lands uh, built around that. I think that helps tremendously. You know, Hollywood Studios, I, I liked kind of the original conceit of the park which has gotten lost now with you know they used to have the back lot tour they used to have the animation academy the whole idea that so basically when it was mgm yeah yeah so the, the whole idea that it is about hollywood and filmmaking and just just movie properties in general so the idea would be you have different lands based on major disney movie properties and then also paying homage to like old Hollywood and the filmmaking process. So the lands that we outlined here, again, are, are based on, on Disney movie properties. So Pixar land, Star Wars, Marvel. I think you could have a whole Fox property kind of section of the park now and then have something that is kind of like what you have now with the streets of Hollywood, kind of like old Hollywood, but then also filmed throughout the years and the filmmaking process. So start with, with Star Wars because we already have Galaxy's Edge. So I think Star Wars, having a Star Wars land fits well in that park because again, kind of look at it as major movie properties, but we do think there's room for improvement from right. what Galaxy's Edge is to what it could be if we kind of started from scratch. 
Right. So I've heard a lot of people complain, and I personally feel this way too, that Star Wars land is ugly. It's pretty monochromatic. It's I mean, just let's not... face it. Star Wars has a lot of desert planets. There isn't necessarily a ton of color right. in Star Wars, but there is a lot. But of, there is. There is a lot of desert settings. But you're right. There are. There are some more interesting settings that they could have used e- for Galaxy. Exactly. Edge. So when I was looking, when I was thinking about reimagining it, I was thinking, okay, well, why don't we, um, you know, add the forest moon of Endor to the park? And I think that that would be really cool. You'd add some green. It would solve one of the biggest issues that I see in all of the Disney parks, which is not enough coverage from the sun. It gets saying, hot. It would add a lot of shade. Yeah. Right. I mean, I understand that shipping in a bunch of really tall trees would be very expensive. But at the, again, money's no there object. fake trees too. Well, right. They but, don't I mean, all have to be real. Right. But it still would cost a lot of money. But they just need, they need to add more shade to the parks. That's why Animal Kingdom, one of the reasons why Animal Kingdom is one of my favorite parks. But also it would just be more visually appealing. And then in the forest, moon, like in that section of Endor, what you would add is then a speeder bike ride where you would speed through. I'm kind of imagining it so, almost yeah, kind of like just a, like in the movie, just like basically where you right. had. I mean, you could be a stormtrooper speeding through Endor. Ewoks could be after you. I mean, you you could have that whole battle uh, of of the you know for, like you said the Force Moon of Endor that they had on Return of the Jedi. Right. So I'm I'm kind of seeing it you know as a fun like kind of like a roller coaster, but um, and you could have some explosions. I, I just think it would be a lot of fun. And again, it's more of a feast for the eyes than what Black Spire Outpost is. Yeah, now. you could almost have it be like a a Tron, where you're like on a motorcycle, you know, in that kind of seated position. Right. Like you said, so you could have a roller coaster. You know, it could be you know some sort of. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a roller coaster. It could be you know an attraction you move through. But you're like you said, you're kind of on like a speeder bike there. Um, that that would be really interesting. Another thing that I think that really could we could really use in uh, Galaxy's Edge is yeah, as like one more eating establishment. I think that they are still lacking that. I think that Ronta Roasters is decent, but I think we could use one more quick serve. And I think that this is the, what they have done with Sully Canteen and Animal Kingdom is wonderful. I think that they could very easily copy and do something similar um, with kind of alien type food. But, you know, you have this, you create your own meal, you select what you want, you make your own bowls. I think that would work really well in there. You know, with Galaxy's Edge, like you said, you know, having it set on, you know, an indoor attraction, varying it up, I think makes sense. I think trying to pull more from the best of Star Wars throughout the time would be better. So I definitely like the idea of the Millennium Falcon attraction there. You know, Rise of the Resistance is an incredible ride, Mm -hmm. but... You know, I think based on like season two of The Mandalorian, whenever they rescued Grogu from a Star Destroyer, changing that right out that you're rescuing Grogu and, right. and you're with Mando and Grogu versus, you know, it's Kylo Ren and Rey, which they're popular, but are they going to withstand the test of time over the next decade? Uh. I'm not sure. So I wouldn't want to lose Rise of the Resistance, but I think you could theme it. You could even make it. You know, you're battling the Death Star, and it's it's the attack on the Death Star from the original you know trilogy, and you have Darth Vader and Palpatine on there. So I think you could change some of that stuff. You know, keep these major attractions uh, and kind of t- 
tie them in better with the more popular points of the franchise. I definitely think you keep the lightsaber experience, though. That's a must-keep because that is incredible. I wouldn't want to lose that at all. Yes, and I also think that you need some... I think they need to add more characters throughout, again, like whenever they kind of first opened, and you need a Grogu meet-and-greet and a Ahsoka Tana meet and greet i think those would be incredible i think a lot of people they're people they have huge fan both of those characters have huge fan bases amando meet and greet also maybe with grogu i think that that would be such a such a draw and would get people reinvigorated and excited about that park again i definitely think not tying themselves down to one point in time in the franchise and one location would really free it up and allow a lot more flexibility kind of like what they're doing with Avengers Campus over at Disney's California Adventure, where it's the Avengers Campus, but it's not one point in time. So you can still have Iron Man there, and you can have Thor show up, or Loki, and you can have, you know, as new characters come up, like I think Shang-Chi is now at Avengers Campus, that they're not set in one specific point in the MCU, and it allows a lot more flexibility. I think if they did that with Galaxy's Edge, that would help them a lot as well. Yep, just make it a greatest hits. All right, so the next land we would include there is a Pixar land. And I think what they've done at Disney's California Adventure between Pixar Pier and Cars Land, almost kind of taking the best parts of those lands is kind of my thought. So I think Radiator Springs Racers is a fan favorite attraction. I think it's a great attraction. The whole rock work, the layout, it's incredibly detailed. So I think you pull that over to Hollywood Studios. I would bring the Incredicoaster over as well because – I also kind of see Hollywood Studios as the more thrilling of the parks. E- even now, I think it, it probably has the most thrilling attractions with Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror and even like Rise of the Resistance. So I think you kind of really lean into some more like h- thrills and high speed attractions. And Disney really doesn't have a ton of roller coasters in, in terms of maybe more adult roller coasters I and mean, they definitely have roller coasters but they're kind of more kid friendly so again maybe not as thrilling so i i think you bring the incredit coaster uh over from from dca as well another thing that i think would be a really cool ride and i almost see this like another sort of rise of the resistance type ride where it's a trackless ride vehicle that has elements of maybe even a roller coaster incorporated would be the escape from the abyss of nothingness ride, which would be from inside out. So you would actually ride in the cart. Um, This is where Bing Bong famously died. Um, I think it would be really cool to see the inside of Riley's head and then actually escape that and then you know, end up at the very end, like where all the, where all the memories are, because I think there's so much about inside out that is vibrant and colorful. I think it would make for a really interesting property and something that's completely unlike anything that the Disney parks have currently. Yeah. See, I thought a monsters Inc attraction would be great of essentially a ride through the scene where they're going through all the doors. Mm. And so you're basically in Monsters, Inc. and and you're going through and there's all these doors. You're going in and out of doors into different rooms and scenes. And you're trying to find Boo because Boo's gone missing. And and you're kind of trying to find her in all these different doors. I thought that would be an interesting uh, ride. You know, you could use a mix of screens and practical sets. 
maybe a roller coaster, so you could you know you could have some elements where it seems like you're flying, you're on the <laughs> ground. I mean, I, I think we're you really could, hyped up on the roller coasters yeah, today, I, and I think that one would be definitely a more family friendly roller coaster. You know, that's not necessarily like a, a high, high speed th- roller yeah. coaster, more like Seven Dwarves Mine. Exactly. Train. Yeah, you could have some thrills in it, um, but it's not something that that children couldn't ride. But I think that would be a really interesting thing. I almost think Inside Out would make for a great restaurant. I think. Inside Out has a lot of great imagery and bright colors, and I think you could really do something interesting there with food and memory and how kind of, you know, special moments in your life. Like when you're a kid, you kind of have your comfort foods, and as you're an adult, you (laughs) like to go back to those and how food kind of does play into important points in our lives and memories and things. And I could almost see, you know, the the memory orbs, the food served in that. That would be really interesting, you know. You could have like anger could be a real spicy food and, <laughs> and like, you know, happiness could be like some comfort food and you could kind of theme the food based on the emotion. I think that would be a really great restaurant in their idea. And again, it's, it's colorful and playful that you could really do a lot with that. I just think that Inside Out is something that is such a vibrant property that Disney has not very done very much yeah. in the parks with because it is just so imaginative. And again, like we said... I, we can go in num- a number of directions with it. You know, please put in an attraction because that is a really interesting movie. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I mean, it's definitely underutilized in the parks. You know, Hollywood Studios already has Toy Story Land, which I think is good. I don't know that you need to keep the entire land. Like, I, I do enjoy Slinky Dog Dash. I didn't want to maybe necessarily keep that just because I have so many other roller coasters and attractions to put in there. But I think something like a Toy Story Mania you could keep, maybe with the upgraded technology that they have on Web Slingers, so that you don't need, yes. you know, you don't need to just pull a cord to shoot. It's kind of more interactive with your hands. That would be something really interesting with some, you know, upgraded technology on it. And I do think, again, you know, going with the shading and stuff, you know, the fact that there's not very much shade in all of the parks. I think that Toy Story Land does have some big you know, like connects that are they use to throughout the park to kind of make it seem like you're in you're a toy size. But I think they need to really up the amount that they have. You know, they could put more things because it makes me think of the bug. It's a bug's life section that they had in Disneyland. I felt a little bit more small in that area than I do in Toy Story Land that when we go there currently. Yeah, I think Toy Story Land. They can amp it up. I think they did a great job with that. I mean, I think it's really well detailed and really well done. And so I think you kind of take the idea for that land, but you bring in all of Pixar. So you don't just make it Toy Story, but you bring in all of Pixar. So again, you have some Toy Story, but you have some of Cars Land and and some of Monsters, Inc. and some of Inside Out and kind of all of the greatest stuff Pixar's done. And also, again, kind of going to characters, you make it malleable enough that as new movies come out and new Pixar characters are created, they can show up as well and it's not locked down to just Toy Story, which they're not making more Toy Story movies of anymore. All right, so moving on to the next land, I know this is impossible. So again, this is where it really (laughs) becomes just pure imagineering, if anything is possible, is having a Marvel land. So having (laughs) some sort of Avengers campus. And I think Hollywood Studios is the place for it. We're getting Guardians of the Galaxy over at Epcot. It does not fit in Epcot. I mean, I'm glad (laughs) we're getting it. But really... And Epcot does need some attractions. Yeah. But but Guardians really does not fit in Epcot. No. I think it would be much better to have that attraction in Hollywood Studios anchoring some sort of 
Avengers Campus. I don't think we need to turn Tower of Terror into Mission Breakout because then you'd have two Guardians attractions. I think right. the, I think the roller coaster again playing into the the you know the thrills and something I think that's gonna be something completely different that we've never seen before with the cars rotating as part of the ride to really point you to the set pieces. I like including that there. And then I would bring Avengers Campus. You know, we, we talked about Avengers Campus on our trip recap and you know it's solid, but I do think it's it's lacking a lot of major attractions. So I think, you know, if you had like Web Slingers, I think is a great ride. But if you had something, again, I think as high quality as what Cosmic Rewind is going to be, I think you can really help anchor that land. You have you bring in kind of some of the shows uh, and interactive features. And again, you make that land that it's able to grow as new properties come up. I almost think you, know, you leave yourself some room for expansion there because in the next five years, we have so many movies coming out. I think there's probably good ideas coming that you could add later that you don't want to lock yourself into well it's going to be spider-man and the guardians of the galaxy because maybe something comes up in black panther 2 or you know with shang chi out if you have not seen the movie yet maybe a slight spoiler you know something with the dragon yeah, I was at the say, end. riding the dragon riding the dragon and the going end. through that set because that's yes. such a fantasy set it would be i mean it's a feast for the eyes so some sort of something you could a trackless ride vehicle you could have a roller coaster i was just thinking about that as you were talking that that movie probably more than any other ones i can see an actual ride for it yeah definitely so i think you know that's maybe one idea for right now but i think with with the Avengers Campus, you want to leave yourself some room to grow just because they are making so many movies. But, you know, I think what they have in Disneyland is, is a solid blueprint. I think Pimp's Test Kitchen is a is a solid restaurant. You know, it's an interesting idea. But I definitely think the highlight of Avengers Campus is all the, the stunt shows and the shows they have. So, you know, having the Spider-Man animatronic is great. Having the Dora show and, and having the show on top of the Avengers campus where Black Widow and Black Panther are fighting Taskmaster. I think that's what you want to bring in. You bring in Cosmic Rewind. You have maybe a Shang-Chi attraction. Then you leave yourself some, some room for growth. And I think that's a really solid land to help kind of round out this Hollywood studios. So, so far, I mean, you have three, again, very expansive, very expensive lands in <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, uh, a Pixar land, and a Marvel Avengers land. The other uh, land, and this is where, you know, with Disney buying Fox, there's really not many Fox properties yet in the parks. But I think in Hollywood Studios, again, if you make it about movies, there's a lot of great properties you could include in an entire land themed around the Fox properties. Exactly. So one of the big ones, and you know, this is kind of a little bit of Disney news too. Bob's Burgers is now a Disney property. Bob's now Tina is now Tina a Disney princess. Tina is now Disney princess. Tina and, and Louise. So I think a Bob's Burger restaurant. I mean, it's just a perfect fit. You can make a little tiny diner. Um, you know, kind of set it up to look like Bob's Burgers and serve specialty burgers and have them have funny names and and interesting ingredients like Bob's menu always has on 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 the board in the front. Yeah, I think this is a, a great idea because Hollywood Studios now has the '50s primetime diner where it's kind of going back in time to the '50s, and again, it kind of has that comfort food. And so it's, it's a themed dining experience. Hollywood Studios has a lot of these themed dining experiences, the sci-fi, you know, drive-in diner. So I think something around like Bob's Burgers, to your point, you can theme it around like a small mom-and-pop diner 
It's burgers, which is traditional theme park fare. I mean, we Disney likes selling burgers because people <laughs> like to eat it. But you're right. But you can add in some playfulness with the names and you can have a burger that kind of changes on the menu occasionally and kind of change you know changes things up and i think you could add in you know some interesting callbacks i mean one thing that's interesting about bob's burgers is they have a lot of musical episodes i mean you could you could add you could add things in there that i think people would want to you know visit that space and again you know as as a small restaurant in this kind of fox uh you know property uh land I think it'd be it'd be an interesting themed restaurant. I think there's probably a big enough following that people would really like it. Kind of like how you have you know Springfield and The Simpsons over at Universal, Universal Studios. Studios, now owned by Disney, right? Which you <laughs> can have Simpsons in here, but I think we'll keep that at Universal Studios. But you could have a, a Bob's Burgers restaurant. I could also see you know Disney doesn't have Disney World doesn't have a whole lot of this where you just have like a set that's made for people to actually just take pictures at. You could have like a Bob and Tina and all of the different characters and you can kind of get in there for some photo ops. Um, I don't necessarily see them, you know, making actual uh, costume characters, although they could for that. I, I just think it would be a really fun, playful place to go and eat. So another thing that would work really well in this new Fox land is Free Guy. And definitely a lot. I mean, a few spoilers in here. If you haven't seen the movie, it's great. could definitely see them making a sequel to the movie and you can make an entire almost section of the park that's designed to look like the game life itself so you know if you the beginning game in the movie it's too violent for a disney park i don't see that ever being there but life itself is a lot more of a friendly game it's imaginative you've like dinosaurs wandering down the street and so i see this as um you know this this area that million keys created i see it as Uh, an actual city that has augmented reality. So you wear VR goggles that help it to appear like things appear that aren't really there, like dinosaurs walking around. And then also that there are missions to complete. So you can actually complete missions while walking around. So it's like a walking attraction, kind of like like the void, but instead of like maybe full VR, like to your point, maybe it's, it's augmented reality slash VR, you know, maybe augmented reality mixed in with some practical sets. To, to kind of make that blend. But yes, in kind of the same way the void was where there's a mission, like you're, there's a, a driving goal in it. Right. And I also see that they, you know, cycle out the missions. So they cycle them out on the yearly or, you know, they, a couple times a year they change the missions. So the, the land is always growing and changing and developing. And even though the movie might be getting older and older, it's still a place that the people like to visit because it's always growing, you know, kind of like Walt always envisioned the park never is stagnant. Yeah, I think augmented reality or virtual reality is really not utilizing the parks a ton. I mean, they had the void. The void is kind of gone Kaput. now. Yeah, it with with COVID, uh, that kind of killed that. But I really do think there's a lot of opportunity there. I, I actually had one thing I, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Marvel, but I almost think an Iron Man attraction with some sort of augmented uh, or virtual reality where it's as if you are Iron Man. So you know how in Iron Man's head display, he has the pop-up display and Jarvis would kind huh. of talk to him and he could see different things. You know, something like that where you're you're going through an attraction as Iron Man, I, I think would could be interesting. Like I think there's a lot of of potential for layering augmented reality onto rides that isn't utilized. You know, over in Universal Studios Japan, the the Mario Kart attraction they use augmented reality 
I don't know that it's done very well there. I mean, uh-huh. from not written it personally, but from the videos I've seen and, and some of the, the ride footage I've seen, I think it's a little bit much and I don't know that it's the best use of it, but I think it's a good attempt. And I think there's a lot of properties to your point with free guy. I mean, that's fully in a video game world or your, you know, Iron Man where he kind of has augmented reality in his display. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, but I definitely do like including free guy. I mean, I think that's going to be a major property going forward. Yeah, I do too. It was, it was, it was such a surprise hit. I mean, Disney, I think knew they had something on their hands cause they did market it a lot, but I think that it definitely, it snuck up on, I think us, how much we really enjoyed it. I mean, it was probably, I think it might still be one of my favorite movie of the year. It was the last couple movies we've seen actually have been pretty great. In addition to those kind of couple properties, you could do something, you know, Disney now owns the Kingsman series. That's (laughs) definitely uh, more, more violent and adult themed. But again, I think Hollywood studios, it could be, and is kind of more of an adult park if you go thrilling. So maybe, that that's not a kid's attraction, which everything doesn't have to be for children. So there's there's maybe something you could do for th- uh, Kingsman. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe the tailor shop is a restaurant and there's a, oh. there's secret doors and compartments and everything. Or or it's just a merch shop. Like you can actually buy higher end clothing there that yeah that that would like be a lot gadgets of gadgets yeah that would be really fun you can go get visit like like uh fitted for a suit and maybe they do have a restaurant as a part of it that you have to dress up for but i do see that as kind of it would be a really fun yeah, it was like a code word that you go in the back it's like they have like normal stuff out front and you get a code word you go in the back and there's cool gadgets and stuff so i could see that and also the, you know the big animated series uh for children would be ice age so I uh, think there's yeah. a lot Disney could do with Ice Age as well in this land, um, again, to kind of make this uh, an area that the whole family would want to visit. Exactly. All right. And then the last area is something around either like old Hollywood, the history and celebration of movies. And I think there's a big opportunity here because Disney at its best and what it does differently than other amusement parks and theme parks is it blends education and entertainment very well in a lot of its attractions. And I think this is a great opportunity here as well where you bring back the Animation Academy, you bring Mm -hmm. back more attractions on how films are made. So you could have something on... I did, yeah, I I missed the, um, the back lot tour. Right. I think that that they need something like that. They need something where they have real animators there animating actual movies that they're working on and you can see them actually working. Um, I know that would be kind of spoilery, but I, I just think they are missing something there. Yeah, and the backlot tour, but but make it again more centered on kind of like the background of movies. I mean, that kind of got away from movie making and got a little bit more like, hey, we're just in the middle of a scene. But again, like talking about the history of sound in movies, you know, talk about how movies were silent films and how they got into sound. I mean, you could have a a studio in there that kind of walks you through soundscapes of movies and how composers, you know, score our favorite films and how you can make you know, a horror movie, funny or scary, depending on the, on the sounds and the music you use. And now hear me out here. That's, this might be a horrible idea, but I could almost see Figment being the person who delivers the information here. I could see that too. You could get Figment. I, I could also see Mickey and Minnie 
Hollywood Studios, you know, they have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I think it's great to have an attraction based on Mickey and Minnie. And so I, I wanted to kind of figure out a way to keep something about that. And I think having them in this Hollywood section would be great. Yeah. But instead of having it based on one kind of scenario where they're going on a picnic, have it be Mickey and Minnie that they're trapped in their cartoons throughout the year. So start with Steamboat Willie and show the evolution of the Mickey cartoons in a trackless ride vehicle. Because again, I, I, I see this area as kind of a history and celebration of Disney animation and, and Disney characters and also Hollywood in general. So I think you know it would be interesting to kind of just show how Mickey Mouse has changed and how animation has changed with him. And again, kind of that educational mix. Um, I, I agree with you. Figment could be something with sound in movies. I think that would be a, you know, a great idea as well, just to kind of show uh, how that changes. I also think you could keep, you know, Tower of Terror here, because um, it's based on kind of like the old, you know, Hollywood Hotel. You know, I don't know if the Twilight Zone maybe fits, but you know, lean into that it's it's the old Hollywood Tower. You know, it doesn't have to be Twilight Zone inside, but it, it can kind of fit into that whole old Hollywood theme. Yeah. And, and this is kind of where I saw, you know, I think that yeah, I don't think that the Twilight Zone really fits with it anymore. And not to mention Disney probably doesn't want to continue to pay that royalty to, I think, CBS. So I was thinking that an interesting crossover ride, almost like a uh, like a sequel ride to the Haunted Mansion. You know, the Haunted Mansion over in Disneyland actually utilizes the Hatbox Ghost. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, but over in Disney World, he really is just a picture on a wall and that's it. That's all you see of him. So I can almost see maybe the Hatbox Ghost is the owner of the manor and we can develop the backstory of him because there really isn't a whole lot of lore. He's just kind of a, you know, a caricature of a character. There's not there's nothing there. So let's develop that character. And he's lost his head. So that kind of ties into the interesting thing going on with the up and down, crazy out of control elevator. Maybe he got slammed the doors. I know that's a little a little dark for the kitty, kitties. But I do think that that would be a really interesting way to play with a character that doesn't get a lot. But it's also like they, they're, just, they're just plussing that character. Yeah, I, I like that idea of of kind of utilizing the hatbox ghost i don't know that that fits really well because you already have the haunted mansion i think it's probably better if you just add the hatbox ghost in the haunted mansion because it makes <laughs> more sense in there I, I do like the idea of kind of keeping the tower of terror as just like an old haunted hotel one thing i really think is a good idea and i think this is a missed opportunity for disney is a tower of terror restaurant I think people would really mm. love to eat at a restaurant that is themed to the Tower of Terror where you have those bellhops that are you know very deadpan and serious and it's kind of spooky and macabre because if you look at if you look at Jungle Cruise they have the Skipper Canteen yeah and you know I was pleasantly surprised and really wasn't expecting and I don't know why again I wasn't thinking of this but the wait staff there and your servers they, they have corny jokes. It's, it's a full extension of the Jungle Cruise. Right. And it really elevates that dining experience. And I could see, I mean, I think the Haunted Mansion is another one if they, they did a Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Right. But, but talking strictly Hollywood Studios here, you know, a Tower of Terror where, again, it's, it's kind of a little bit spooky. And you have, again, those like bellhops that are, you know, just very serious 
very like straight laced. You know, they don't joke with you. They're kind of to the point. I think people would really like that. And I think that's a really, I mean, it's a well-themed attraction. And I think if you built a restaurant themed like that, I really think that's a great extension of that ride that people would really love. Like, I mean, I, they got plenty of space. Even right now, get rid of the the Lightning McQueen show. I don't think anybody goes back there <laughs> and turn that into a restaurant. And I think you, I think you're gonna do gangbusters I, on that. I almost see them expanding the building. Okay, just 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 go with me here. You expand the building, make an upper floor. And then it like rotates and you can actually see out on the park. So it's kind of like um, if you think of the what what is that? It, it rotates that you can eat in it or like the space, like needle. The space needle. Yeah, like the space needle. I could see something almost like that where you get an interesting, unique view. People would be willing to pay a premium to go there. Um, I think that that would be an excellent experience. People would love that. And one other thing I want to mention with the Hollywood section, I think Disney needs a broadway show type theater in walt disney world so they have the hyperion theater over in uh disneyland i think it's in disney california adventure where they put on their broadway shows they had aladdin now it's frozen right now currently there's there's nothing being shown because they they don't have the indoor theaters but disney world doesn't have any of that they have theaters and they have their shows but they don't have like a true broadway style theater that they can do a show in and again i think you could put that in this hollywood section because again it's kind of a celebration of the arts and just a different medium you know it's not film but it's it's live actors and so i really think kind of that broadway theater would fit really well in this hollywood section Right. And then one final restaurant that I think would also fit well in this Hollywood section is, you know, when I think of Disney, and I mean, it does definitely have to do with being a 90s kid. But when I think of Disney, I think of the Disney Renaissance. I, you know, I think that that particular period for Disney was really important because the company wasn't necessarily doing great. They were having identity issues. And then they made The Little Mermaid. And then, you know, they, well, they made another movie that wasn't so good. And then they made Beauty and the Beast. And then they just kind of kept coming with the hits. So I think a, a, a restaurant kind of commemorating that particular time period would be fantastic because I don't ever see those movies really falling out of favor yeah they're timeless movies and they're very popular characters so right so you're saying like a character and, a, and a character dying it, it is going to be a character because okay. i don't even know does hollywood studio even have one of those currently i don't think they have a character dining now right so you know you have it yeah completely themed to those renaissance movies you have character appearances there and i mean again there's I, I, I just I mean, wrote, you could rotate it out. Which, right, which characters you have yeah, Ariel, Belle, Beast, Rafiki, and I just named ones that you can actually create characters for: um, Timon, Turk, Warrior Mulan, Esmeralda, Pocahontas, Hercules, Elasma, Jasmine, and Genie, but not the creepy one. They need to redesign that. You character. could almost do this like they have be our guest where there's in be our guest there's different rooms that you can eat right. in. so there's three different rooms you know one has the rose in it one's kind of like the outside of the castle you could almost build this where it's different rooms so you could sit in the pocahontas section and meet pocahontas or you could sit in the lion king section it's themed to pride rock oh my goodness you know you'd, you'd love it i there. would never eat in any other section and it would be so upsetting because i would want to see the other sections but i couldn't bear to not be in right. the lion king section or you could be in a, a little mermaid section so you could have you know, maybe it's not every renaissance movie but you could have three or four rooms to eat in and that also oh, it'd be cool to eat an agrabah and that also adds to kind of the returnability of it whereas to your point you know, this time I'm in 
the Lion King section, but now I want to be in the Aladdin section or the Little Mermaid section. So you're going to keep coming back because you're going to want to see those other characters and the themed rooms that you can eat in. And again, we're designing this money as no object. So basically all of the all of the the major ones get their own room. Okay, so it's like a 30-room thing. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, you know, one, there's two, ten three, movies in the four, Renaissance. five, six, seven. I think I have about eight. Um, Hunchback, maybe you could nix that one yeah. uh, as a place to have to go, unless you, you eat in Notre Dame, which would be cool, but, you know. But, yeah, I think that this would be a really fun room, a uh, really fun restaurant to have. No, totally. So, yeah, I think we're probably not about $10 billion to build this thing. Uh, I'm not sure. We may need uh, to take the whole parking lot as well um, just to kind of build this out properly. I think, But I think it'll be worth it in the end. Just Jeff Bezos is going to come on and just fund the whole thing. I would actually say, you know, if Disney built this, I think they could easily take ticket prices up to like $500 a day. <laughs> oh, you know, people would, people would easily pay for this. Hey, oh, we need gosh. some extra money to do this. No, I, I think, again, kind of building it out you know, a hub and spoke, you know, style kind of having these lands based on, you know, major movie franchises. And then, yeah, kind of that just that mix of education, entertainment, Hollywood, I think would really revitalize Hollywood studios because I I really do feel like even though they have galaxy's edge and they have toy story land, it still kind of feels like a half day park. Like, I don't know that you really have to be there the whole day. There's not necessarily... It needs a little bit of a de- defibrillator. Yeah. Like, it needs something to just yeah, there's charge it back up. Yeah, there's still enough to do once you get through Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land and Mickey and Minnie's that you really want to stay there the whole day. But I think if you do this, this could potentially become a park that you need to spend two days at. Exactly. And then just one final thing. I think, you know, they have the rock and roller coaster. I know we're completely redesigning the park, but I see... Well, I'd get rid of it. Yeah. That's gone. Well, I'm, I'm kind of changing that to, you know, Incredicoaster, or that's going to be the Monsters, Inc. Doors attraction. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting rid of rock and roller coaster completely. Well, see, what I can see, instead of the Incredibles, because I do still think that the Incredicoaster is really cool. I think, though, it does still seem a little bit like it's been retrofitted, which they call out, which is funny. But I see a Tarzan tree surfing roller coaster as one of the showpieces of this park. So it's a stand-up roller coaster. It's made to feel like... I mean, pretty much everything I suggest is forest themed. It's made to feel like you are tree surfing and it is also meant to kind of almost rival. It's their answer to the Donkey Kong, the rumored Donkey Kong minecart coaster that's going to be coming to Universal Studios where you can jump the track and jump from vine to vine. Um, I think this would be a blast. Yeah. So one, I'm pretty sure you've said the exact same thing when we did the Magic Kingdom that you wanted a Tarzan I just vine really want, ride. So I'm, I think I'm probably going to say it when we go to Animal Kingdom as well. This is it a fits theme. There yeah. This too. is a theme. I think you also mentioned it when we talked to Kevin Lima. Uh, if you haven't heard that interview with Kevin Lima, he's the director <laughs> of Tarzan. Go back and listen to that. But I'm pretty sure you mentioned that to him as well that they need a Tarzan ride. So this is a common theme with you. <laughs> Two, I like the idea. I do think it's a good attraction, but. I don't think it fits in any of these lands. I think that's the problem. So maybe it fits better in Magic Kingdom, or maybe when we get to Animal Kingdom, I'll agree with you then. So just keep recommending. Yeah, I'm it. gonna keep. It's kind of yeah. like you know, on Holy Moly. If anybody watches that, Rob Riggle keeps suggesting that there should be a bear at the distractor. If I keep saying it, then maybe it'll eventually happen. Yeah, maybe somebody at Disney will hear you. But so I think it's a good idea. I don't think it fits in though with the new design we have for Hollywood Studios. So, but we would love to hear your thoughts on. 
Hollywood Studios. If you were an Imagineer starting from scratch, what properties would you put in, in Hollywood Studios? What attractions or restaurants or meet and greets would you have in there? Head over to our Facebook page. We're Enchanted Ears over on Facebook. We will post this episode and leave us a comment and let us know what you would love to see at Hollywood Studios. We want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.